This is a podcast dedicated to our favorite band in the whole world, Weezer. I love podcasts and I love Weezer and learning new things about them. So I combined my two interests and created this podcast, We Are Weezer, with the help of my fellow fan clubbers, Richard, Amy, and Juliet. We hope to create an enjoyable and healthy discussion on Weezer. We'll share interesting details on the band, explore the music, review and rate songs. We'll bond and share our personal stories. So in the words of the great Carl Koch, Weezer is in our bloodstream. We are Weezer. Welcome, Welcome. everybody. (laughs) So this is the first episode of an ongoing podcast uh, whose intention is to be a place for fans to come and hear stories about their favorite band, Weezer. We're going to share ours, and hopefully as time goes on, we'll hear yours. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rick. And welcome. Hi. Episode one. Yeah. Feeling our way through this one. Um, I have never done a podcast before, so this is the first time I'm doing an actual podcast or hosting anything for that matter. So bear with us. Same here, but I have massive illusions about myself, so I just assumed I could do it. So I said yes, but you might find out by the end of this that I can't. So I'm sorry if you do. I'm sure it will be. Everything's fine. Yeah, the love of Weezer. Everything will be all right in the end. Ah, a bad pun. So early. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Too soon? No, well, no, but it's forever. We can't change this or edit it. So people are going to know how corny you are within a minute. Yeah, it's best you know right away that I super nerd over here. There's going to be a lot of this. So... Tune out now if you don't like <laughs> clever puns, or stay if you do. Well, stay anyway because you never know. You might, gr- I might grow on you. You know. Yeah. See. And not like a fungus, like in a good way. So I can't help myself. We, we warned you. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'll introduce myself. I've been a Weezer fan since 1994, since the very beginning. I bought the Blue Album in high school and have been a fan ever since. I love them so much. I'm in the fan club. Um, the Blue Album is my favorite. And my favorite song is Say It Ain't So. It's a good choice. I have a question, Thank though. You. Yes. Did you buy it with your own money or parent money? Probably parent money. And was it like eighteen ninety five? Because CDs were that expensive back then. I don't remember. No, I don't think they were that expensive back then. They might have been twenty bucks. Yeah, for sure. And they came in the big cardboard cases. No, it was a it was a regular plastic CD case. Yeah, I was very young. I have a weird version of the nineties in my head. Cardboard. I'm trying to think of what what you're talking about cardboard case like you mean like a set like if it was a disc set? now it's just an enormous box so you could see it on the racks so they would oh just disappear. no they were plastic so you couldn't steal them oh like at the warehouse yes now i'm sure they're out there someone knows what i'm talking about it's a big cardboard box so the cd stood taller than other stuff so you could tell what it was from a distance yeah because there was sections back then there yeah. was like sections there, for tapes and cds and records there were music stores Yes. Back then. You go to the store to buy all of your music. Yeah. Anyone listening who was born in like 97 or later, you actually used to go to places to buy your music. You could not just 
get it off the computer or your phone because those things didn't really exist. No, and this show is not about berating you for being younger than we are, but we used to have to wait for the DJ to tell us what was playing, if mm-hmm. they felt like it. It was fun. It was a f- I have fond memories. And we also went to uh, Back in My Day really quick Yeah. on this episode. Back in my day, everything was better <laughs> than it is now. Anyway. Um, Debatable. Yeah, massively. So why do you love Weezer? I think that I started, I related to that CD for sure because I was a teenager and I feel like it kind of just stuck with me because I felt like a nerd or I was a nerd, but I also felt like a nerd. I kind of, and when I saw Buddy Holly, I think I was like, oh, that's fun song. I like how it sounds. I related to being nerdy, even though they were probably doing it in a sarcastic way back then. But then once I heard the album, I think I just kind of related to all the songs and how they made me feel. And, and each and every one, did you find meaning? Is there, I mean, obviously there are songs on the Blue Album that have tremendous meaning and symbolism, but like with Surf Wax America at the time? No, know. that was just a fun one. Yeah. But for sure, and I wouldn't even say like, you know, yes, I'm a nerd, but in the garage, I really didn't really relate to that as much as like, say it ain't so, uh, and only in dreams. I like that one a lot. I don't have it in front of me, but there's probably more on that CD. And Buddy Holly's super fun. Yeah, that album is, uh, I'd say a 10 for 10 classic from, you know, the opening track to the end. I would, yeah, I like all of the songs. And from, that's very difficult. From My Name is Jonas all the way to Only in Dreams. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. Even the B-sides from that era are good. Yeah. Michael oh. and Carly. Yes. My Eveline. Um, Jamie. I love Jamie. Yeah. I, I have Jamie on, um, it's called a DGC Rarities right. CD. Yep. And I got it back then from like a, a CD, like trader store. Because they used to... Um, You'd go to the CD store and find like samples or singles that people would give to record companies to try and promote their album that way or a song that way. And you, and they would like not care about it and get rid of it. And you would, it would be like a little gem you'd find at the CD store. You'd be like, Oh, Weezer's on here. So that's, I I saw Weezer on the CD and I bought it and it's kind of got like a weird, like cartoon guy on front from like little, a game or something. I'll have to show you. Boxer robot type yes. thing. Wish yeah, I had in you front know of what me. I'm talking about. Yeah, when our budget's yeah. higher on the show, we'll have a screen with everything we need to see right on it. That and, would be awesome. Uh, we'll have somebody say, put that up, and it'll be up there waiting for us. But until then, you'll have to just go with our foggy memories of this stuff. I've always liked Jamie from that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell me about you, Richard. So, yes, I mean, hello. Rick. My, Sorry. Yeah, my name's Rick. Um, I. I'm also part of the Weezer fan club, uh, but I only joined in 2014 because Weezer's major popularity happened when I was nine. So at that age, hmm. Probably didn't know there was a thing at, like a fan club back No, then. not even aware. And I wouldn't even participate like well. I'd be like, I don't know anything. I'm nine. I'm nine. Will you guys be my friends? <laughs> but uh, I got into Weezer like I got into a lot of other bands because my sister um, she'd buy a tape. If she didn't like it or thought I would like it, she would just give it to me. So I had a blue album cassette, which is long gone. I don't know where it is. I wish I had it. But uh, I had that and a Walkman 
and rollerblades to give you an idea of the time period. And I would listen to that tape over and over and over. And at the time, not really understanding the lyrics or the symbolism or the art behind it, but it was just catchy as hell. And of course, you liked was, how it sounded. I loved how it sounded. It was pure, you know, and maybe that's that accounts for my the way I love the band now. It's always just about getting the record or the CD and just listening and anticipating. And it's not so much about the live shows or the fan interaction, where it didn't used to be. Now it is because now I'm doing a podcast about how much I love Weezer. So I'm <laughs> now I'm deep in neck deep in fan interaction. But um, the Blue Album was just like a soundtrack to my days from nine to. 10 or 11 years old and of course i love that video because i knew happy days it's like oh, that's the fonz yeah i get this i'm aware of what this is it wasn't it was still on tv back then happy days like you could catch happy days reruns and reruns back then and of course back then it was like mind-boggling like how did they get them on happy days is this an episode <laughs> of happy days is this like a lost episode it was pretty i don't know i can't think of a lot of other um music videos that did that back then like put people in other I can't things. either but I do know that same year Forrest Gump came out and they had Forrest Gump with you know three or four different presidents pretty seamlessly at the time so I think it was the same kind of technology just like green screening them in or rotoscoping them in or something it was a new thing yeah well they did a good job it was fun yeah I mean that video still holds up you watch it today it still seems very clever and very seamless I love I love their faces when they're all like Pointing at each other and smiling and it's like, so hey. like, gooey and syrupy. Yeah. yeah, I love it too. It's still a great. I mean, that song is incredible. We'll have to do that song like sometime soon. Yeah, that's definitely going to be on the podcast. There's certain ones we can't ignore, but uh, it is our intention to try uh, and do them all. I mean, one day do them all, but we're definitely starting with songs that are like I have close even, to our hearts. Maybe close to our hearts or close to our opinions because we will be dedicating an episode of the show to Can't Stop Partying at some point because I feel that song deserves real discussion in all of its iterations and we will get there one day. Um, yes. What's your favorite album? My favorite album is the Blue Album and it could be the Nostalgia Factor. Good choice. And it's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's the one album of theirs. Um, you cannot is, not like all of the songs. Yeah, I still maintain that Surf Wax America is kind of goofy. I feel like they needed 10 songs and threw that on there, but it is still super catchy. No, I disagree. It is so good. I mean, it's it's not bad, but it doesn't resonate with me. I've okay. always got I've always been like But okay, it's fun. It's like Buddy Holly. It's fun. It's just But even with Buddy Holly, I feel like it's about something. And it's technically, you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's a rocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hard to forget the chorus. I'm going surfing. I'm going surfing. Yeah, because he doesn't like the rat race or your face or... He doesn't like anything. He just wants to go surf and have to deal with your BS. Yeah, don't we all? Well, okay. You've converted me. It took 48 seconds, but I love that song now. <laughs> yes. Um There you go. That's what this show's going to be about. I win. Us arguing each other down to the floor. See, she'll love Can't Stop Parting by the end. No. That, yep. No, no that's for sure. Not I'll have to give you the happen. right version. Sorry. Um, but my favorite album is the Blue Album, and you could chalk it up to the fact that it is one of the first three albums I had, which was that Green Day's Dookie and Billy Ray Cyrus's Some Gave All on tape. Thankfully, Weezer and Green Day helped me matriculate out of Billy Ray Cyrus. But I think mine was Dookie too. Well, no, because I, I liked a lot of music. My fir- After that, it was um, The Regulate Regulators by Warren G. And <laughs> Weezer, uh, TLC... 
SWV. Like it was like what a is very SWV. Sisters with voices. So you didn't listen to music with guitars before you found Weezer. And I Green listened Day to Nir- Nirvana. Okay, that counts. Yeah, I had TLC. that tape. I also mm-hmm. will shamelessly admit that I know a lot of TLC songs. It they were a thing. I just feel like back. I when, like them still. I mean, they're they you know they don't do any music anymore, but I think they're about to. They but that's fun. for another well, podcast. Well, they can't how. I, they're doing it though. They have a but new one of them out. is. I feel like one of them died. Dead writers still write books. You got to sell those albums and sell those books. <laughs> like Tupac style. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Go into the vaults. Prince right. is still releasing music, but absolutely, the Blue Album is my favorite. It's the one that I can listen to through and through and never want to skip anything. And the nostalgia factor is off the charts because it also puts me firmly back at a very young age in my mind. So it just, you know, yeah, feels very saccharine and sweet in my mind. But it's also just a, like that's a band's first record and a band that didn't have a tremendous prehistory before that, like honing their skills or getting really, really great or meshing really, really well. They'd only been together for what, two or three years before then. Yeah. And that's what they come out of the gate with. And, um, Amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. But you guys know that, and that's why you're listening. Uh, what about your favorite song? What's your favorite song? My favorite song is not off of the Blue Album, though. It's off of The Good Life. Nope. That's Good Pod. Uh, it's off of Pinkerton. My favorite song is The Good Life. Um, just over the years now, with having a couple hundred Weezer songs at my disposal, and later on getting all the demos, every version of every song, The Good Life still sticks out. Um, it's... I would I would call it a fitful song. It's an anxious song, and that's expressed in the lyrics, I think, literally as well. But this recognition of wanting to get back to something that matters to you, or what have you left behind, or what did you lose doing whatever humdrum thing you were doing, or have you forgotten about what mattered to yeah. you? I, he's like, I, I don't even know how I got off the track, and I think a lot of us get so caught up in everything that that happens. Absolutely. And I think that kind of happened with me and Weezer, um, where this the White Album came out, and I kind of had this newfound love for Weezer, and I really started getting back into just you know everything related to them. But that song makes sense to me now, because it's like, well, I don't even know how I got off the Weezer track, uh, but now I'm back. Yeah, and the White Album has, has really amplified your Weezer love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though The Good Life is my favorite Weezer song, it's actually off of an album that I didn't know existed until after the Green Album. So what was your favorite song before that? Oh, probably... Something off of the Green Album? No, at the time it was probably something off of... Blue? No, Maladroit. Oh. Because those albums came out in rapid succession, and then, you know, I'd heard Hashpipe on the radio and maybe Simple Pages at the time. And of course, okay. I still loved um, like Undone or whatever. But yeah, the hits. Yeah, my my when the Green Album came out, my my friend uh, who will probably be referencing a lot because he's my he's like my Weezer husband. Um, he's like, did you know that they have a whole other album? I was like, what? <laughs> and it turned out to be Pinkerton, which of course is legendary. And I don't this feel isn't like their first CD. I know it's like I, is or the Green Album's not their second. They didn't take a you know, nine year break or whatever. Oh, so you, your sister introduced you to blue and then whatever happened, I moved on to other stuff. Green came out and you're like, they're love, back. Finally. I love this. Yeah. This is, I, where have these guys been this whole time? And of course I'd later on find out that Pinkerton has a pretty, uh, legendary story behind it. And a lot of, 
uh, a lot of stories. Yeah. In terms of its popularity and how it was considered awful to start with, not by fans, but I think popularly no one knew what the heck to think about it. And, uh, and now of course I recognize it as probably the best thing they've done in their career. Although I don't believe that its existence discounts all the other stuff. I feel like there's a strong contingent of Weezer fans that really want them to be Pinkerton again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd rather them be blue again, which I think white is almost there. So they managed, I think white is this great set of touchstones throughout their career. I mean, do you want to get high? Sounds like it's right off of Pinkerton. It feels and sounds that way from that era. And LA girls feels like a blue album B side to me. And then some other songs like jacked up or thank God for girls are definitely latter era Weezer, a bit goofier, a bit weirder. Um, I don't think they're, well, I don't think they're goofy. I don't know. Why would Jacked Up be called goofy? Uh, maybe maybe I'll go with weird for Jacked Up. I mean, I'm no music scholar. I'm just a fan, so bear with me here. But um, Jacked Up is, is odd by contrast to me when it's sitting in the middle of Beach Boy songs and throwback songs and you've got this weird you know, like staccato piano happening and the lyrics are, for me, very, um, what's the word I would use? hoity-toity, extremely referential of other things. They don't make a lot of sense, literally. Whereas, you know, a song like Girl, We Got a Good Thing is pretty on the nose, and it's a mm-hmm. sweet love song with a great twist ending. But, you know, I feel like the White Album um, is very much what the Red Album would have been, you know. The, the whatever, that's a bad thing to say, because I can't, I can't back that up. What but would, but okay. Weezer has uh, been experimental in the past, and I feel like the White Album is just as experimental as those other things, but they had a good guiding hand in the producer, you know, and Rivers has learned how to collaborate better. Are you saying that the producer wasn't a good guided hand for the Red Album? Rick Rubin? Probably not, because his general way of doing things is like, just do whatever you want, and we'll talk about it afterward. <laughs> I have this strong feeling that creative people need to be told no sometimes, and you can always tell when people stop telling them no. Like, look at Eddie Murphy's career. You're like, people stop telling that guy no, and that's how we got Pluto Nash. Because, I mean, everything's better under pressure. Everything's better with a deadline. So. Or a little, uh, well, kind of, let's get back to reality. Yeah. Yeah. Type of let's, thing. Let's not forget we're putting together a product. Let's be more focused a little, you know, a little. And, I mean, think about it. Make believe. Or what product do you want to put out? Because I think yeah. um, with the new, with the White Album, they were trying to put out a certain type of product and, they, and it, it worked. Yeah, they had a very distinct artistic goal, and I really think they nailed it. I remember I was at a trade show for work in Las Vegas, and my boss, like, we got in the van together, went to Target, and I bought the album, and I listened to it on CD first, even though I had pre-ordered it it on iTunes and ordered the vinyl, because I just, I like to throw all my wasted money at Weezer, all my funny money. You're talking to the girl with two time time capsule DVDs, so... Exactly. Just was one closed? Is it mint in package? They're both in the package still. Well, <laughs> I bought one for myself for um, Christmas, and then I forgot that I did that, and I got another one because I was like, I need to have that and watch it. Your self-present game is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I bought two, and I thought, eh, I'll just keep them both because hopefully the money goes to them or somehow. Yeah. It goes to, to Geffen. It They'll goes get a cut. To Amazon or whatever. But uh, so I bought the White Album, went back to my hotel room, and I was listening to it, and I thought, God, this is 
I cannot believe that they are doing this, that they're making music like this. And the artistic intent was so obvious. And nowadays, being a Weezer, being a fan of any band is reading all the articles leading up. So you knew that Jake Sinclair was going to guide them. You knew that he was a big Weezer fan and probably practically begged and cajoled Rivers, like, do some of the old stuff. It sounds so great. And that album is fantastic, although Endless Bummer should be longer. I still maintain there's not enough solo emotional outro-ness in that song. Build up. Well, the build up is great. More build up. I want seven minute songs at the end of some Weezer albums. I want all of their songs to be longer. I don't know. Or I think they could be. I mean, Rivers is... Tack on a couple. I don't know. Perfected the two and a half minute pop (laughs) hit. Three minute pop hit. Well, um, let's move on to talk about Feels Like Summer. We are going to discuss uh, one song uh, in each show. Um, the songs will be hand-picked, and in a perfect world, one day we'll go through the entire catalog, sometime by 2035. Yes, we'll see you in a few years. But uh, we're starting with Feels Like Summer because it is the newest release. Um, for me, it's a very polarizing song. It was a bit of a surprise for me, um, and I've had quite a journey with it so far since it came out, what, uh February, March, I think. It was actually released on March 16th, 2017. All right. So about a month and a half ago. Had time to sit with it. And? Um, well, okay. Admittedly, uh, and I, I posted as much on a Weezer fan forum that I thought the song was awful to start with. Okay. Um, and it was like a whiplash reaction uh, because all I had had was the, uh, the White Album before this. And in fact, I had been listening to The Last Days of Summer over and over and over. Um, say what you will about that track. I love it. I think it's this great little candy bar, tasty bit of a song. You know, maybe a little unfinished. But when Feels Like Summer got released, you're like, oh, yeah, finally the, the Black Album cycle is starting. And um, it is a lot different than... It's so different. The White Album. Yeah. It is maybe not like crazy... But it's totally different vibe, and yeah. I love it. And, and, and production-wise, it doesn't fit. It's not a complimentary song to those songs. Um, lyrically speaking, it's very different, too, I feel. Um, it is not from the beach. No. Hap- it is happy, but it is not like... Uh, you're right. It's It's got a totally different feeling than stuff on that whole... That, that whole album is a perfect album in that it... They all mesh and meld. Like, if you threw this on there, it wouldn't go. It wouldn't go. And for me, um, disagree, agree. The The discussion for me starts with I Love the USA. Because that song, by contrast to the White Album, is super weird too. But I grew to love that song. I think it is uh, very weird. Um, the music video with Patton Oswalt. Only added that bizarre nature that I, I think the song has. It. It's you goofy. Should. He's in the. Uh, you really should. He's in the Oval Office and he's on a tour and he gets separated and I he sings like the song. He's wearing he like looks a, like Hulk Hogan or something. I mean, he's, but he's wearing all America stuff. He's got an American flag shirt, a fanny pack, and he's just totally. The band's not present at all. It's just him lip syncing the song. It's absolutely goofy. But I love that song, by the way. I love it too. I really do. And um, you'd think if I like that song, I'd be ready for something like 
feels like summer, but it didn't work out that way. But I had been telling myself, I've always had so many expectations of the band over year over the years. You know, with the next album, they'll do this. And with the next album, they'll do this. And I have to believe that they'll do this again one day. And the White Album was like the best promise ever kept. Really a treat as a Weezer yeah. fan. Yeah. And I like, thought, oh, you know what, you. though? Like, this is Weezer. Exactly. If Weezer can do everything will be all right in the end and the White Album back to back, I will go on whatever strange journey they decide to go on. And that started for me with I Love the USA. Because it's goofy. I mean, it's not... It's got all those. I don't think it's goofy, but I think it, it's like Rivers is I not mean, a convincing cursor. How does anybody write a song like that? You know, that's like a legit rock song about how much they love it here, right? I don't know. And it, it and how really, do you do that without being a little bit silly? Yeah, or sounding a little silly. And I guess you could say that there's something inherently silly about a lot of Weezer's music. But the, just music in general. I mean, that's true. You are singing words that you're making up out of nothing to music that didn't exist the day before. Or most, like most pop music, like Britney Spears comes to mind, where it's like, "Hit me one more time." Like, who? I don't even know what she's talking about, but probably you know, about a boy. Most songs that come out of certain mouths are just, you know, like silly. It is very but, bizarre when Rivers does crazy pop music because his voice is pretty singular and 17 people write pop songs. And in fact, he's lately been one of 17 people writing songs for people like Panic! at the Disco. When I heard that he collaborated with them, I listened to the song and I'm like, oh yeah, duh. You can kind duh, of hear it. Duh, Rivers totally wrote that part or whatever. I forget which song it is, but... Um, Anyway, I was ready to go on the journey with I Love the USA. I thought, whatever they decide to do, that's fine. But I thought, he said, he said I'm going to curse. It's going to be rated R. It's going to be angry, dark beach boys. The themes are going to be dark. And that glossy production and the whistling and the, the na-na-na-na, it, it overshadowed for me what turned out to be a pretty deep song and a very dark song, a pretty melancholy song for being so upbeat and, you know, pop dancey. You know, and again poor description of what music actually sounds like. You should actually listen to the real song and listen and talk about it. But well, I've grown to love Feels Like Summer. I love that song. Uh, it's fun. I want to be on a boat with a drink, dancing in the summertime to this song. If I was doing all of those things and this song came on, it would be like 100% everything all at the same time wonderful. Um, and it's fun. I don't know. I want to be at a concert and hear this song with a bunch of people and just dance and have a good time for sure. We can kind of get into some of the details. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's dig into this one. So it's written, um, by Rivers Cuomo, Johnny Coffer, J.R. Rodham, Pat Morrissey, David Dahlquist, and Dan Goldberger. What is that? Six people? Rivers Cuomo is lead vocals, guitar, piano, and keyboards, and pretty much everybody else is their usual instruments and backing vocals. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting, some of the other people uh, on the song. Pat Morrissey, David Dahlquist, Dan Goldberger are all backing vocals, and it was produced and co-produced by Johnny Coffer and J.R. Rodham. 
Now, do you know who Pat Morrissey is? Are we talking Morrissey Morrissey? Morrissey Morrissey. Morrissey Morrissey. I don't know if I've ever listened to one whole Morrissey song on purpose, uh, but I know he's pretty legendary. Yeah. Do we think this I mean, is actually the Morrissey? It is the Morrissey. I know for a fact it's the Morrissey. We've confirmed. Like Morrissey is a backing vocal on Feels Like Summer. I wonder And which I think part. they're friends. That wouldn't surprise me. Rivers works with everybody. Yeah. He's cool like that. He's all over the place. I thought that was cool. I would have I would have never have known that um, unless, you know, I, I was doing a deep dig. Deep dig. Thank yeah. you, Internet. Yes, thank you. I couldn't find anything on David Dahlquist or Dan Goldberger. So if anybody knows anything about them, I would love to see a picture and know what else that they do. But... Um, I couldn't find any hard evidence as to who those guys, you know, what their their other works are. So maybe they're just like musicians in the in the biz, and you know, they like the sound of their their vocals. Probably good their session musicians. Vocals. Yeah. And that's uh, something we're hoping to harness with this podcast too is the the power of the fan base as well. You know, if you're listening and you find a way to our Twitter, which is we are Weezer, by the way. Um, and you hear we say something wrong, let us know. If you know, if you are David Dahlquist, come on our show. We want to find out what it was like to have Rivers David, tell you what to do. David, come on over. Yeah, David or Dan or Rivers, whatever. You guys want to come on the show? <laughs> we would love that. I would probably die and have a heart attack, so <laughs> then there wouldn't be any more show. But um, I did a little research on Johnny Coffer, and he is... English and he has written and produced songs for Beyonce probably most notably um, he co-wrote and produced the song Freedom from her Lemonade album Whoa. so that's kind of cool wow did I'd, you know he's 29 <sighs> So, yeah. Makes you wonder what you've done with your life. Apparently not much. Because <laughs> I haven't written and produced for Beyonce at 29 years old. Whatever, yeah, he, Johnny Coffer. He also worked on Jacked Up. Did he? Yeah, oh. yeah. We'll probably talk about that some other time. But see, I also believe that songs like Jacked Up are also going to be indicative of the future of the band. Okay. Because I know How that... So? Well, I know that Rivers in interviews has said that he he pushed back against Jake Sinclair about what would be included in the overall tone of the album. And he actually, this is not an, a direct quote, but he said, Jake won on this album and I will win on the next. And that's obviously true. It feels like Summer is the lead single, although the lead singles of the last couple of records weren't truly indicative of what we were going to get. You know, no. The All of the White album was not Thank God for Girls. Uh, is Jake their producer on the next album as well? Do you know? I don't know. I would imagine he is. We'll have to look that up. But that could change. I mean, everything Weezer has said that they intend to do, I think has differed wildly by the time yeah, you, you get there. Yeah, you never know. You know, whole albums have gone by the wayside. Whole recording eras haven't happened. I had read that uh, Rivers had said if the White Album gets a bigger following or helps grow the fan base, they were going to postpone the Black Album altogether and just keep touring. Hmm. 
but clearly they're recording and the black album's on the way because when feels like summer came out it was this is the beginning I, of the next cycle i really want them to keep touring i want to hear that album again please yeah please do an all Somewhere white album tour in los angeles so i can hear all of those again yeah that'd be nice uh the last time i saw them was at the forum for acoustic christmas and um they did some of the songs off of there but it was a like a group concert or whatever so they couldn't short set yeah yeah the last time i saw them was with panic last summer um at the santa barbara bowl awesome show i should have gone to that one too but we went to the irvine show for that but they did play I Love the USA and King of the World and California Kids because California Kids is like an opener, especially for a summer tour. Yeah. How could you not? Well, it's a good, it's the opener for the CD. So. Yeah, it's strong. It would be fun to. And I think they had the Tower 28 behind them or like some kind of facsimile of it. Oh, cool. At the show. But they were great that night. And they played a medley of songs. I forget what was in the, the, the medley, but it's like, please play all of those. Don't stick to just the greatest <laughs> hits, but uh, Feels Like Summer uh, is the opening salvo to what will be the next album. Yes. And I'm okay if it sounds like that. You Me know, too. In totality. I'm excited to hear the next one. Kind of get like, maybe they're doing like different, um, I'm making hand gestures, so I I don't know if that's... Good pod. Is that bad? No. No. <laughs> I don't know if um, they're going to go... Like opposite spectrum for the next single and kind of give us like something else totally different. But then when we get the whole CD, it's a package and sounds good together type of thing. You know, I hope so too. I Maybe it was because uh, Thank God for Girls came out so far ahead of the White Album, but I still skipped that song. It just feels like this. I like Thank God for Girls. It's not about liking the song. I think I played it to death beforehand. Oh, okay. But it feels like this dead stop in the record to me. Oh, it doesn't for me. No. Maybe I got to meet it where it lives. I love how she's so energetic in her sweaty overalls. Because I feel (laughs) like I've totally been energetic and sweaty in overalls before. Like painting the house or whatever. Rivers is singing about you. Ah. Well. No, no. I wish. No, really. (laughs) that's the big twist of this show just kidding don't get excited um no i mean i like thank god for girls as well but it does feel like a redheaded stepchild on that record it just doesn't fit i don't think so i disagree but we'll go back to we should talk about that song yeah clearly that's a good good fodder yeah um jr wrote is the co-producer and i guess they did programming does programming mean uh like editing and stuff is that programming is probably a lot of the synthesizer parts a lot of the electronic beats okay that that, uh the bed for the song i would guess i'm no uh no music producer but seems like it has a lot to do with the electronic instrumentation he's from south africa south africa yes He's a very attractive man. Oh, let me look him up. <laughs> you should. I'm on my way. Um, this is what I live for. He reminds me of Channing Tatum, but maybe a little bit of a bigger head. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, has worked with 
Britney Spears, Speak of the Devil. Uh, Maroon 5, Sean Kingston, who I love. Rihanna, Nicki Minaj. So a lot of um, Dr. Dre, JoJo, Usher, a lot of like hip-hop and R&B, reggae. J.R. Rotem looks like a guest jeans advertisement. Doesn't he look like Channing Tatum a little bit? Yeah, with like the the big lower lip and the crow magnet I mean, eyebrow. Could, he could produce my record. Oh, dear. Sorry. Gross. I said that and did that. We're not editing that um, out. What I did want to say, <laughs> uh, super nerdy, uh, he... So he was also associated with Panic at the Disco and Gwen Stefani. So that's how I think he came to work with Weezer. I think he was working with them and he was like, hey, let me work with you guys too. Or, hey, we like your stuff. We like Gwen. Do you want to come Uh, work with us too? he, He has worked exclusively with Gwen Stefani in like the last year. Tons of songs with her. Do you have that new CD of hers? No. I don't have any of her her solo her stuff. stuff. I have Return of Saturn. It's one okay. of my favorites. But yeah, pop music is a, a deceptive type of music because it seems short and punchy and poppy and throwaway, but but making it is really hard. And a lot of work goes into refining it so that you never get it out of your head. Like you will start singing Katy Perry's Roar because I said Katy Perry's Roar. <laughs> and it a lot of work goes into that. But it doesn't surprise me at all that with Rivers wanting to explore this kind of music that he seeks out these people. You know. And I feel like he with feels like Summer has done a better job of integrating his own creativity into it. Because after I got over my shock of the song being so different, mm-hmm. I felt that lyrically it was as strong as any of the darker songs he's ever done. And if we had heard this as some sort of acoustic demo, we'd be like, wow, this is one of the best Weezer songs ever. It's got the clever allusions and the deep, dark lyrics and who is this about. But because it sounds glossy, and a lot of people are comparing it to 21 Pilots, which I don't understand. It makes me feel like they've never heard 21 Pilots. I need to hear 21 Pilots if this sounds like 21 Pilots because I've only heard the Suicide Squad song. Right. And like whatever hits are on the radio from them. I like them. Well, I don't know like what's wrong. They have a handful of good records and I don't think that Weezer's trying to do a 21 Pilots thing. I feel like that's a very easy go-to complaint. Like, oh, they're making pop music and it sucks. And it sounds like 21 Pilots band I'm hearing all the time. Yeah. It's like a very well, poor easy argument. Yeah, this to me sounds sense. This to me sounds like Weezer trying put, new things. But really put through the pop machine because this song sounds like a straight up pop song and in fact i think it could sound worse than this it could sound way more overproduced than it does he uh, rivers even mentions in the genius annotations of the lyrics that when he hits that high note at the beginning of the chorus that the powers that be which i have a hard time wondering if there's any more power than him really at the well, end of the yeah day. i'm sure but he does work for a label a, yeah but uh, they Who wanted also, to do they work with 21 pilots so i think that's the connection crush mm-hmm. oh well there you go i didn't know that mm-hmm this is why we have the great library that is Rachel. It's all up here, man. I'm pointing to my head. Yep, I'm pointing to her head too. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, he says that they wanted to really, really uh, punch up that auto tune there. And I'm glad they didn't. And he fought to get it lowered. So I do, I, what I'm driving at here is I feel like Feels Like Summer is a great synthesis, if I'm using that word correctly, of Rivers wanting to experiment, 
but still sounding like rivers, if not, if not Weezer, because this isn't like the opening. It sounds like Weezer. No, it does, but it's like when you think Weezer, you think the opening bars of "My Name Is Jonas." You know, this is not guitar-driven rock music. This is pop music, but it feels like Weezer doing pop music correctly way more than they ever have before. Okay. You know, when you hear the pop music of Ratitude, it just for me never gelled. It never felt right. Or Green, Green's poppy. Yeah, but it's just layered and heavy guitars. It's still rock music. Definitely pop structure because it's so like, you know, introverse, Yeah, there's lots of pop, but it's maybe not like a whole CD of pop. It's like a pop song. And of course, pop music in 2001 was way different than what pop music is now. Yeah, we could, ugh. The the genres and the label, I can't handle it. I think we're probably going to stop this podcast to listen to some Christina Aguilera right now. (laughs) But... uh, Uh, since you were talking about the lyrics and it's genius.com where Rivers actually gives his notes on the lyrics. So I kind of made my own assumptions and I think some of them are not true. Bye bye sugar blue eyes. He says this line is from Iceberg Slim. Do you know what Iceberg Slim is? No, I should have done some research. If only Um, there were a way to find out. If only you had done research. This line is from Iceberg Slim. I I should have done that last night too, because I was I was researching last night and doing all this, and I meant to look at that, but look, we have lives, and nobody's paying us to do this. All right, lay off of us, everyone. Sorry. Climbing up the tower. Apparently, that's from a like he actually went to the Tower of Hollywood Forever Cemetery and found money and didn't take it. Number one. Is there a clock tower at Hollywood Forever Cemetery? Number two, who leaves $100 sitting on a coffee table? Number three, who doesn't take it? Good people. Decent humans. How do you... Who leaves $100 on a coffee table? Someone who doesn't think $100 is a lot of money. I don't know. However, I found a reference. Uh, I think Iceberg Slim is a book. Oh, okay. Or a book called... Pimp by Iceberg Slim, and there's a uh, a little on page 158 for all you Google book finders. It says, "Christ, your scratch for last night is shitty. What happened? Some joker stick you up? That reefer ain't making you lazy, is it? A double saw take for a young freak bitch is outrageous. Shit, you broke your luck for the double saw with the lover, sugar blue eyes. Hmm. So Rivers has apparently read this book. I'll have to put it on my Amazon wish list now. I'm an iceberg with a warm heart is also from that book. Oh, I do think that Rivers spends an enormous amount of time trolling us, but not in a mean (laughs) way. I think Rivers is insecure and unsure as anybody else, but he made it big and he's super talented. But uh, I think some things are true and some things are false. So stay with me a while. I didn't want to use the bathroom, so I held it in for a week. What? I'm calling shenanigans. And that's fine. He you can can't hold it in for a week. It's impossible. You would die. You would die. And since Rivers, you're still alive, we don't believe you. <laughs> also, calling him out on he's not a Libra. Why? Well, see, I think in the song, that's the female character. I don't think that's him. I think that's her talking to him. But the notes say, I was born in the year of the dog, same as Madonna, Prince, and Michael Jackson. For that reason, I always felt like I, des- I destined to make it. I was destined to make it. Um, That's some pretty good company to be in. So, the year of the dog. Okay, 
I am going to, I don't know what year Michael Jackson was born, but I have, I, I know what his birthday is because it's my birthday too. Isn't that also judgment day from Terminator 2? I don't know, but that's not cool. <laughs> it's when Skynet becomes self-aware and destroys humanity. Also, I know Rivers is not a Libra. Because... August 29th? Yeah. Almost happy birthday soon. Thank you. Uh, August 29th, 1958. So Rivers okay. was not born in 1958. No, but they're the the year of like the year of the dog, they go in like Do they recur? Yeah. Oh, I'm the year it's of like, the rat, which I'm I I'm monkey. Liked. Ah, mm-hmm. That works. I don't know how it works, but they are the the animals like recycle or whatever depending on the year. He's not a Libra. No, that's I don't think he's saying he is. I think he is personifying the female character in the song. But then why are the notes talking about him? Just random? Yeah, I okay. think I think Rivers is incredibly esoteric and we will forever be trying to figure out just what the hell he's saying. Because okay. that's part of the mystique. Like stop it. Like just stop and be I wonder if no. people ever go, hey, what what do you really mean by this? They probably For do, real. but I feel like I wouldn't want to know. Because what's more important? What they're trying to say with their art or what I feel like it's saying? What's more valuable to you at the end of the day? Uh, Both. You're like, I want to know, damn it. I want to know. And that's it. That's I that. I want to know, but I also want to take what I want You're from like, it. Mm-hmm. No jibber jabber, Rivers. I want the literal meaning to this. Mm-hmm. Well, as we learned from, because uh, I, I, <laughs> Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. There, well, I know for a fact there's no rhyme or reason to that one, and I'm fine with that. It's just an assembly of gobbledygook. Uh-huh. It's a catchy song. Love that song. Which I think maybe a little bit on here too. On on feels like summer. June bride, June bride shines so bright. That I believe because that's about getting married to Kyoko and yeah. I'm assuming they got married. Yeah. June 18th, 2006. And, um, so that's cute. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be conflation of ideas in the lyrics where he's maybe making something up. that's narrative and he brings in his own stuff and it all gets cobbled together. I mean, could you imagine if rivers literally went through everything in all of his songs? He wouldn't be writing songs. He'd be crying. <laughs> He'd be alone. Somewhere in, a, in the woods of Connecticut, not talking to anybody. Well, and I'm also wondering, who's this girl that he met at camp? Because apparently We Look Good Together is about some girl he met at music camp. How cute is that? I wonder if they had glasses. she's the one who looks like Mary Tyler Moore. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But she looked like Buddy Holly. Because she had glasses, too. Oh, well, that's true. She was nerdy. Yeah, I think Rivers will forever confound us and confuse us and that's why we love him i do i think we act like we hate him for it too but that's far from the truth so there's a spin.com or spin magazine column that calls it bizarre and i'm not cool with that yeah does the the article go on to explain why they say it's bizarre uh i'm sure it does I'm not going to read that stupid article. I disagree with its headline. <laughs> I looked at the headline and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to. See, that's some good journalism. Going. That's some good journalism right there. I'm not even going to dig. I don't care. I've already made my. No, it doesn't opinion. explain why. I think if you're looking at it from. It just, it calls it strange. It is a strange song, but I feel like a lot of that is like I was. It's by contrast. 
when you compare it to the other stuff, it's a little weird. And whenever what you're expecting meets reality... You... I, guess, I mean, I guess I've listened to it so much to where it's like not weird anymore. No, it's not just at all. Like, Feels like I'm just dancing. I'm cleaning in my overalls. I'm sweaty and I'm dancing, singing Feels Like Summer and having a good time. And it doesn't feel weird. And it still feels like Weezer. It really, really does. And I'm going to do my best on this podcast to help explain why I feel that way. It does feel like for the first time in a very long time that whatever the new iteration that the band is going to take for this next album is natural. And it doesn't feel like Weezer defying the other band members or whatever the hullabaloo was in the past about whatever they went through interpersonally. It feels as though maybe the guys will be just as on board. And the song itself has changed live. You know, the instrumentation is obviously more stripped down. It has a lot less effects on it. And Pat's a little more flourishy with the drums. Um, Weezer has been known to change songs. I have two different versions of like six Weezer songs. Things change. Things progress. So maybe it'll be different by the time you get to the album. Yeah, that's true. Which is not to say it needs to be. I think of that, but but it could. It could. It could change. Um, In an interview... Oh, I should remember which podcast it was, but they were interviewing Brian about the relationship, which is Brian's other band. And I think it was at Southwest or as whatever. South by Southwest mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas, the cool place to be now. So the relationship was playing there and they were interviewing Brian and Brian said that this is the first time they're using production elements in addition to their, uh, instruments and voices on tour for a song so and is this in reference to the relationship or to weezer weezer interesting so they were talking about feels like summer and he said it's the first time that they're going to be using like i guess like maybe like a drum you can see it background in the the, like the jimmy kimmel live video scott is playing on a drum uh a drum machine that he like they were even talking about um like having like a, a a track going on. It's not unusual. Lots of bands do that. Any yeah. pop singer singing a track. Yeah. Mariah Carey, we're talking to you. <laughs> ruined. Poor Mariah Carey. No, she ruined New Year's Eve for all of America. She is crazy yeah. and obnoxious. <laughs> and that's another podcast entirely. Sorry. The Mariah Carey is obnoxious. This isn't podcast. the Mariah Carey podcast, that's for sure. So I can say whatever i want about her but this poor digression (laughs) is brought to you by how much we dislike mariah carey if you're listening thanks mariah anyway well i mean uh rolling stone called it rousing so and that's a great word i like that thank you spin says bizarre doesn't explain it so good job spin thanks for your hack journalism (laughs) but uh rolling stone may have gotten it right let's see who wrote this oh that was my dog Winston Cook Wilson. My dog is dreaming. That's pretty cute. Sorry. We're going to leave this in. Um, Winston Cook Wilson, you should probably explain why you call things bizarre. Or Since don't. Since you're probably not listening to this ever. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about this? Oh, we're going to rate it, right? We are going to rate it, but I do have some final thoughts. Maybe bounce yeah. off of me on it. Yeah. Um, I maintain my feeling that I'm ready for whatever Weezer does next. And one of the main reasons I felt compelled to do this podcast is 
and I can't quantify it, I can't explain it totally, but I feel like Weezer is on the verge of some kind of secondary notoriety. Maybe they won't ever hit the heights of the Blue Album again. Maybe they won't hit make-believe heights again or whatever. I, I, I don't need them to. But I do feel that this next album is going to be special. I don't see a disaster coming. I don't see a letdown coming. I feel like, and I used the word before, another iteration of the band. That's going to be great, which is why I feel we've decided to start a podcast at this time. I mean, I would say that the the podcast gate was given birth to like a week after the song came out. So whatever this new cycle is, it gave birth to this discussion. I do feel like there's a new energy with the band and there's something coming down the line that's going to be great. And I'm really excited that we'll be together to talk about it. They are going with the flow of their own personal lives and feelings and talents and um, how they're, you know, just being artists and changing and evolving like everyone does, but they're doing it with their music and it might not be the blue album, but I don't care. I, I want them to be them, but knew them. However, that happens. Yeah, which I think is an unusual standpoint for a lot of Weezer fans. I think a lot of us, myself included at times, are, please be Pinkerton again. Please be the band that made Pinkerton again. And they kind of showed me with the last album they could do that. And it also made me realize how silly it is to think I deserve that as a fan, the weird relationship we have to the things we love. I mean, you want them to sound like them, but not in a bad way. Right. And... I guess that what we're trying to say is that some of the albums, it sounds like them, but not in a good way. Right. And, you know, this podcast won't be a place to crap on the band because we really no. love the band. And and I am really looking forward to um, combining whatever this new era is with the tremendous back catalog the band has. Because, it, it you know, like I said, I didn't know Pinkerton existed. <laughs> You've, as I understand it, hardly... Um, Hardly listen, listen to, to everything will be all right in the end. Yeah, which for most of us Barely. was like the clarion call of, oh my God, they're back. We just yeah. didn't realize how much more back they would oh. be with the White yeah, Album. Yeah, and I'm sad about it too. So You know, so there there are probably fans out there who are 16, 17 years old. I know at the Panic Show there were... They're probably they were, rolling their eyes at me not listening to everything will be all right in the end. Yeah, and they may not have any experience with Maladroit whatsoever. And there's a lot about this band and there's a lot to love and a lot of history. And never before have I loved a band with this much uh, fan interaction and opinion. I mean, I feel like we're all married to Weezer. That's where the name comes from. We are Weezer. You guys are Weezer as well, and I think especially in the last few years, the band has adopted us into them as well. I mean, Rivers has publicly stated that a lot of his fan interaction is what gave birth to where we are now, with the band being back in a certain way. It's true. You know, when we were talking about names and going back and forth, um... This one really stood out because I guess you could say like we are we are all Weezer, uh, not in a creepy Negan way, but um, I'm Negan forever. We've been or fans feel this connection with them. um, And that's not that that doesn't happen with every band. No, it certainly doesn't persist for this long. This is like Grateful Dead status like the way that Weezer fans love Weezer seems pretty unique. And the way that Weezer treats their fans is also really awesome. I mean, I am in the Weezer fan club and, you know, I might not get like a personal 
Christmas card from Reverse, but once in a while he comes on there and says, what's up? So yeah. I'll take it. He does that a lot. What's up? <laughs> Sup. In different ways and with different spellings of what's. That's like, true. It could be like W-U-Z one, one time, and then next time it'll be spelled like W-H-A-T apostrophe S. The key to great art is experimentation. <laughs> Someone said that. He's crazy. He is crazy. He's out of control with his highs, with his uh, greetings. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's yeah. up, everybody? I'll take it. I think yeah. we've all told him what's up. Yeah. Talk back to us, buddy. Yeah. I really want to know like how you feel about what I had for dinner today. Yeah. Just having dinner, you know, and he'll be like, oh, really? I just had dinner, too. That's cool. Like anything. We'll find out that he eats a lot of Easy Mac. <laughs> But uh, as far as feels like summer goes, we felt it was an appropriate place to start um, because we it does like feel it. like a new beginning. We, we really love that song. And uh, hopefully for those of you out there that don't like it, give it another listen. Try to think about it through the prism of what we've said. And, and uh, hopefully you can come along this journey with us as we chronicle the new album coming out and, and dive back into the band's catalog and our feelings and thoughts on that. Um, we do have official... We are Weezer ratings for songs, and each week we are going to suss out what that rating is. And we will each give what we are rating the song, and we'll put it up on the website so that eventually, after we get some songs and ratings, you know, up our sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notch in our belts. Or whatever. Drawn on the side of our fighter pilot. We'll have like an actual rating system for... Yeah, all the songs ourselves. Yeah, so. so go for it. All right. I gave Feels Like Summer, One Laser Eyes Rivers, One Lightning Strap, Two Scots in a Vest, and One Blazer Brian. What did you give them? So I gave Feels Like Summer, One uh, Pat Jammin' on the Drums, uh, One Blazer Brian, Two Weezer Prom Pictures, and Four Laser Eyes Rivers uh, for a total of... Nine. Nine. And yours is ten? <laughs> yes. All right. So the aggregate is... Nine. Nine. We give this song a nine. We Are Weezer says... No, actually... No? I was ten, and yours is eight. Yeah. So Sorry. 19 divided by two? 18 divided by two. No. This is not math class. It is People. now. Ten plus FYI. nine is 19. No, you got eight. So I did. Yours it is, is eight. It is math 10, class. 18. It is math class. <laughs> All right, so eighteen. Two. So equals nine. Yeah. What are we gonna do if we? Never mind. We'll figure that out. In the like next if meeting. we got nineteen. It you go point five. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. Point five. But um, uh, we are Weezer gives this song a nine. A nine. Because <laughs> it's wonderful, and uh, in the the coming weeks and the upcoming shows. Um, this this is the format of it. We're going to talk about a song. We're going to catch up with you guys uh, probably on a bi-weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with upcoming shows, we will have um, other fan clubbers, namely... Amy and Juliet. Amy and Juliet, who are not with us yet, but they will be uh, co-hosting with us on future episodes. They will show up from you time to time. You will get to meet them. Mm-hmm. And you can find them in the uh, fan club, mm-hmm. just like you can find us. Yes. And we'd love to talk to you so guys. So if you are in the fan, like, feel free to uh, hit me up. Yeah. No, and if you think this sucks, tell me. I'll ignore you, but it's still good to know. <laughs> Please don't tell me if you think it sucks, because I would probably cry. Sorry, but... don't tell Rachel. <laughs> tell me, and I'll lie to Rachel. Yeah. And, right. you, and 
Rick can just tell me like, oh, everyone loves it so far and I'll be delusional and happy. I'll, I'll couch it in weird, confusing language. I'll tell her there are a lot of people that don't think it sucks <laughs> and only a few that maybe do. Yeah. I would say, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. But maybe just say I don't like it and don't, you don't have to be mean. Yeah. And this is America in 2017. So yeah, you're probably you going to be really mean. Because that seems to be what we're doing. But um, but you don't have to. No, you don't. I'm the realist here, though. You're probably going to. These are Weezer fans after all. But thank you very yes. much for listening. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, before we go, I wanted to say thank you to Rick, who is doing our sound and editing. He helps me set up my microphone. It will improve over time. We're presently in Rachel's uh, dining room. Yes. So we'll make improvements as time goes on. And next week, we're going to talk about my favorite song, Say It Ain't So. Uh, Yeah, we're going to go over Say It Ain't So at length next time. Um, Please join us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. One other thing, our social media. Yeah. Let me bring that puppy up. Hit us up. So you can email us at weareweezerforever at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, We Are Weezer, and our website is weareweezer.com. Please find us there. Give us your thoughts, good and bad, and we will see you in uh, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios. Adios.